Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast from First Baptist Church in Navasota, Texas. For more information, visit fbcnavasota.org. We have been studying the last few Sundays about our freedom in Christ and, and what freedom in Christ really means and how it doesn't put you in a box because you're a Baptist. Okay? Remember we talked about things Baptists can do and can't do. Let's go over that again because there's historically things that Baptists cannot do. Okay? We're not supposed to do these things. We're not supposed to dance. Can I get an amen? We're not supposed to chew. Can I get an amen? We're not supposed to dance, chew, or go with girls that do. Remember? Okay. All right. That's the tradition of what we're supposed to do. But the Bible said, look, never presume something when you are in church. Never, ever, ever, ever lay on top of your church experience. Guys, listen, there's nothing wrong with church. Church will not save you. It will not. Church will send you directly to hell. Okay, Jesus is the only thing that can save you. Not church relationships, not going to church, none of that. His grace and His alone, the very thing that Joe sang about this morning, is the only thing that buys you and me back from the sinful past that we have. And everyone in this room has that. Freedom in Christ, though, means that the Holy Spirit, and these are two of the great Baptist tenets. Number one, you have what's called the priesthood of the believer, which means you don't need Clyde to tell you what to do. If you have a if you have something that will come up this week, which everyone in this room will, you don't need to call me and say, Hey Clyde, is it okay if I do this? You don't need to. You can go directly to God. Without Clyde, you can go directly to God. You are, when you become a Christ follower, you become a priest. Okay? That means you go direct. Remember what the priests did in the Old Testament? They would go in and make the offering for the sins of all of Israel. And they would lay it on the Holy of Holies. And on the mercy seat, and they would make that offering. And and on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, that's what it means in Hebrew, they would lay down an offering, and they would say, this is for the sin of every single person that is in the household of God, that is a Jew. Well, folks, let me share with you. You don't need Clyde to do that. Sitting where you are this morning, if you're a Christ follower, or even if you're not yet, You can go directly to God without passing through me. That is the love of God that He has for you, that He will listen to your voice without hearing any other because His focus and love is only on you at that very moment that you turn to Him. That's freedom in Christ. And we learned a few of the things that that means. Once you become secure in the freedom in Christ, you then go ahead and can be a blessing. And guys, this morning we're going to go ahead and talk about becoming a blessing to those that have blessed you. Blessing those that bless you. Have you ever had a person that's been a blessing in your life? Have you ever had somebody that was a true blessing in your life? When was it? And how were they a blessing? 
What were the things that they did that blessed you? If you've got that person in your mind, we should, we should understand that we as a church family have been blessed the past four years to have Joe and Heather as part of our church family ministering with us here in Navasota. We've watched them serve in student ministry and in the church office and in the worship time here in our church. We watched as God grew their family and as he grew our church through mission trips and a new way to learn to minister to teenagers and to worship. And folks, let me share with you again. I am now at that wonderful age where I like hymns. Okay. Hymns used to be new. People fussed at hymns that were new. People fussed at Mozart because his music was new. People fussed at Beethoven when he wrote, when he wrote Ode to Joy written for God and they fussed at him because they thought his, mu- his music was avant-garde and had no place in worship. I share this with you. Because this morning as I was following along as Joe was leading us in worship, it touched me of the fact that I don't want to be old in my relationship with God. I want to be a blessing to others. I want to bless those that have blessed me. Joe, that was a blessing this morning to, to sing some music that I don't sing that often. I hear it on the radio and I go, yeah, that's nice. But looking at the words and letting God's Spirit begin to go ahead and speak to your heart and mine, and we go, you know what? The tune is different. The story is the same. And that's what worship is supposed to be, folks. So that we can become a blessing to others. Joe and Heather have been a blessing to you and me here at our church. And the interesting thing is, since this is their last Sunday, we get the opportunity to say what most people would say is a goodbye. Well, folks, let me share with you the problem with that. Christ followers don't say goodbye. We don't say goodbye. What we say is, we will see you later. And really mean it. Everyone that you see today, every person in this room that you see today that is a Christ follower, you'll see again. And the interesting thing about reading your Bible is you find out that when you will see them again, you also understand that when you and I get to heaven, please hear this, we will know each other. Oh, wait a minute. How do you know that? Remember the story of the rich man and the guy named Lazarus, the beggar Lazarus? Lazarus, by the way, was a popular name. Okay, you've got a guy that's raised from the dead, and you've got this guy that's a beggar standing outside or sitting outside a window of a rich guy's house waiting for him to throw his trash out the window. And if there was any food that was there, Lazarus would get it and eat it before the dogs came by to do it. And Lazarus was miserably, miserably stricken with illness and, and just sorry in the Texas way that sorry means. And he ended up dying. And you know the story. The rich man dies as well. And the rich man's in hell. By the way, he didn't get, he didn't get to hell because he was rich. He's in hell because of his, the way his life, he lived his life out. And he sees Lazarus. He sees, he sees heaven, if you want to call it that, paradise. And he knows that's Lazarus. You and I, when we get to heaven, we'll know who is who. We'll know each other. 
It just won't matter that you were married. It won't matter that I'm married to Stacy. The Bible says not marriage or giving of marriage in heaven. Instead, our attention isn't to turn to us and how it affects us. It is turned to what God has done. And we glorify and worship and give thanks for him. By, by the way, you want, to, you want to know what heaven is. Guys, this right here is supposed to be practice time for heaven. You, where are you? You practice kicking field goals and extra points so that when the, when the game comes up, you're going to go ahead and shine and you're going, to, you're going to score the points the Rattlers need to go ahead and win the game. Now here's the deal. When we are in here in worship on Sunday mornings, this is practice for heaven. Because when we get to heaven, we're going to be worshiping God. It's not a 24-7 deal, but there will be worship continually around the throne of God. And what we're doing here is practice. So if you're standing there going, great, when will this new song be over with? When will Joe quit going, this is who we are! I just want to sit down. Let me share with you folks. Step your game up. Step your game up. We worship here because it is a blessing, not for ourselves only, because it is a blessing also to God. And Christ followers have the joy of knowing that we won't be saying goodbye either to the Lord or to, to others. The joy of the Lord means that we will have an eternity for a reunion with each other and more importantly, with the Lord. That's the great thing about walking this life as a believer. It doesn't end this morning. And it doesn't end when we take our last breath. This past week, someone that you know very well in, in Navasota and in our, in our church family, Pat Strode, ended up passing her funeral is tomorrow at 2 o'clock here in our sanctuary. Let me share with you a little bit about that. Many of you all have known Pat, and ever since I've been pastor here, 12 years ago when I came here, Pat had just finished her first and second round of chemotherapy and radiation. I remember because when we got here, we had a little seven-month-old little girl. And that little girl screamed if anyone came near her except Stacy and me. And she screamed when we came near her too. She's sitting over there now. She's 13 in a week. We took her in. The only person she, the only two people she didn't scream was Bill Herod. I don't know why, but Bill would gather her up. And and Dee, if you remember when she came, when we were over there in Madison, Florida. She was part of the search team, and and she was just hollering because all these people are in her house. She's not happy, and Bill picks her up and starts walking around, and he told me later, he said, this is like me going back in time, and I get to go ahead and love on my little girls. They're all grown up now. Bill was one person. The only other person was Pat Strode. We took her over to the nursery. We were kind of like, oh, man, what do you do with the screaming baby? And Pat took her and started talking to her, faced her and started talking to her and sat down in a rocking chair and Caitlin's eyes like this. Let me share with you. When Pat took her final breath, the blessing of God, that she was a blessing to me, 
because she ended up taking a child that that I had to be over here preaching. She took our little baby, and I knew that that little baby was in good hands because Caitlin was satisfied there. I get the privilege tomorrow to go ahead and talk about the blessing she was to me, as I'm doing right now. You bless others who have blessed you. And folks, the good news is when we get to heaven, we will know who Pat Strode is and who all of those folks that you have seen that have died in Christ, who they are. And the really cool thing is you'll know who they are, but it won't really matter. You'll have the time to go, I'm sure, to reunion and fellowship. But folks, it won't matter because we'll be in the presence of the Lord and that will outshine everything. I share this with you because the writer of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul, he wrote a minimum of three letters. We have two of them there in Scripture, but we know that <clears throat> that one portion of, of one of these letters was actually a third letter. Paul wrote a lot of letters. These were not the only ones that he wrote are not in the Bible. He wrote lots of letters, folks. Matter of fact, they're referenced in some of the other writings. And, and the Apostle Paul, while he's writing to the Corinthian church, it's the only church we know where it physically was located. As he's writing this church, this church is all eaten up with all kinds of issues and problems. <clears throat> and he doesn't go ahead... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I love Texas allergies. <clears throat> he doesn't go ahead <clears throat> and somehow say, here's how you ought to solve your problem. He relates everything back to his relationship with Christ. We're going to read this morning how you and I can learn to bless those that have blessed us. So let me invite you to stand together. We're going to read together God's Word. Reading God's Word together. Read with me. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous. <clears throat> this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity and sharing with them and everyone else and in their prayers for you their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you thanks be to God for his indescribable gift may God bless the reading of his word please be seated <clears throat> you see this morning you are both blessed and a blessing. Now, for all the guys that are in this room, this is exactly for you. You remember how 
you have heard people say that guys can't multitask. Remember that? Women can multitask because as keepers of small children, they are able to go ahead and swaddle a baby, love the baby, and change the baby all at the same time. Guys, not so much. Well, here's the good news about being, being blessed and a blessing. You guys can multitask too. It's not impossible. God created you to be blessed by Him and to be a blessing to others. And as you grow in your faith, you will have a chance to do the very things that others have blessed you with. You'll be able to repeat and replicate what God has done in their lives as they passed it on to the next generation of believers. That's what this means to be both a blesser and to be blessed. And your life, you see, belongs to God. We don't own it. Not, it, not that anyone has forgotten this, but understand again that you are bought with a price. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul writes to them and says, the price that God paid for you in Jesus Christ, Him dying on the cross, that price means that He owns you. He owns you. Now please hear this. When we talked about freedom in Christ, and you have both a free will and the sovereignty of God. Sovereignty in God means God's in control, right? That's what it means. He's in control. And you have free will, which means everybody in this room can choose to do whatever the heck they want to do. We can do both. And what God wants is for your free will to line up with His sovereignty. That's when you and I fulfill the purpose that God has for us. Here's His purpose. He loves you. He wants you to know that you are loved. And He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, for you, dying on the cross so He could buy you back. That's His sovereignty. He did that. He wants your will, your choice, to move to that understanding. That's what being a Christian, a Christ follower, means. It doesn't mean that you choose only to accept Christ. God's already accepted you. He wants you to go ahead and accept Him and His sacrifice. You have a free will. Oh, by the way, remember this, folks. You're created in the image of God. You are created just like Him. And His job right now is to take a sinful person, Clyde, and try to move him to a place where he is like Jesus. He's got a lot of work to do. And he might have some work still to do in your life as well. How does he do that? He does that by teaching you that you are a blessing and you are blessed at the same time. That your life does not belong just to you. He gives you then a mission for your life. You see, he blesses you so you can become a blesser. This is really what knowing God's plan is for your life. He wants you to be like Him. God blesses. He wants you to be like Him. You bless others and become then a blesser. It may be by acts, things that you do. It may be by financial help. It may be by silently, listen to me, silently standing next to a friend that is facing a life-changing loss. That's called ministry of presence, by the way. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. You just simply are there. Some of you in this room have been around folks that have suffered a great, great, horrific loss in their life. 
If you've ever been in that place and you didn't know what to say, let me share with you, rather than opening your mouth and throwing out a platitude, and I appreciated what Harold Reeves shared with our deacon body, where where there's some things that we want to say that seemingly go ahead and put a Band-Aid on an amputation. Guys, listen to me. The last thing that people need to hear when they've lost a loved one that they cherished is, well, they're in a better place. They're in a better place. Folks, you and I know the truth of God's Word. To bless somebody that is heartbroken and torn to pieces, sometimes all that God needs is for you and I to be there and be quiet. And He will begin to use you by the simple presence there in that person who is stricken to be able to look and say, my friend was with me. You say, well, you know what, Clyde? Okay, I want to be able to bless others. I want to go ahead. God has blessed me. I want to be able to bless others. When I become a blesser, what changes about that? What do I need to do that goes ahead and and makes the change? What does God need to do in me that will change me from the person I am right now, which is this soaking up sponge that is being blessed by God into a person that will be squeezed by God and by the world, and all the blessing will come out to all the folks that need it. How do I get there? Well, folks, the really good news of the Scripture that we read this morning in 2 Corinthians is when Paul writes this to this little church, he says, look, the greatest gift is God's grace, and it is one that you can give away freely. You remember the word grace? Right? Church, this is a test. I have 30 more minutes if you don't get this right. What is grace? Getting better than you deserve. What is grace? Getting better than I deserve. Grace is what God gives us. We only get grace through God, through faith. We don't end up going ahead and generating grace ourselves. We don't all of a sudden go, you know what, I'm going to be a graceful person today and pour out God's grace. No, God gives that to you and me alone. And when He gives us His grace, it begins to do that work of changing lives. You can partner with God to spread grace and faith among your friends and among your community. That's what Heather and Joe have done these past four years. You guys and gals that are here, that are on the front row, that are in school, in a few weeks you get a chance to bless others by doing what was done to you. Grace, faith, blessing. You get the chance to be turned loose again into your schools to be able to do that. How do you do that with success? How do you do that knowing that God is going to go ahead and not be behind you in it, but walking with you? Listen to me. It only happens by letting God give you better than you deserve, by grace. The more grace God pours into you and the more grace that others have poured into you, then He begins to say, it's time to give back. It's time to be squeezed. How do you get squeezed by God? He will put you in situations that you can't solve by yourself. He'll put you in a situation like that. Living next door to a person that is unreasonable. Yep, 
That'll squeeze you, won't it? You mean I've got to treat this sorry, no good person like a Christ follower is supposed to treat them? I'd rather not. No, as a matter of fact, we had somebody in this church that did precisely that and got squeezed by God. And we won't know if it made any difference until we get to heaven. How do you know you can be squeezed by God? By being taken out of wonderful Texas, the land of the enchilada, the, the great state of Texas, and being forced to go to a place called Honduras. Okay, here's the deal, folks. This Christmas, we're going to have Lottie Moon Christmas. We're a Baptist church. We do that. We're going to put a map up here, and I want somebody to show me where, that didn't go on the mission trip, to show me where Honduras is. And why in the world would we send people from nice Navasota all the way down to Honduras when we could do plenty of good works here and not ever have to get on an airplane and go through TSA? I thought I'd get an amen about the TSA part. Guys, listen to me. We do that because God says you are blessed. Everybody in this room will have food to eat in 15 minutes or less. Some of those folks in Honduras were hunting, are hunting this morning for their next meal. We are blessed. We become a blesser. And God wants us to go ahead and use grace as that motivating factor that moves us off of where we are seated to in the comfort of our pew right now instead to become the one that is willing to give, to bless others. And when you do so, you will be blessed as well. How can you and I bless Joe and Heather? You can pray for them. That's part of grace as well. You can ask that this next week be a sweet week. They are packing up everything they own. And they are moving four hours north to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, to Frisco. You can pray for that move, that it will be a sweet week for them, that they'll get everything accomplished and they will feel the sense of the end of this season of their life. How can you bless Joe and Heather? Don't just leave it on them. Start looking outward to the other folks that are around, surrounding your life, that have been a blessing to you. Look them up this week. This is your homework. Look them up this week. Make a phone call at the minimum. If you know they like chocolate, men, if your bride has been a blessing, hear what I say. If they like chocolate, you know where you need to be. Bless others that have blessed you this week. When you repeat these things, it will help you remember that person in the past who blessed you and the one, the true one, who started it all with His blessing of His life and death on the cross, Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Father, Your Word says the service that we perform isn't for our own glory. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, instead it honors and glorifies You. The One who started our blessing 
by blessing us when the Bible says we were yet sinners and far from you. Father, we have a chance to practice what your word says we are to live. So I pray we'll do a good job about that and practicing on Heather and Joe for the final time. But God, I pray more than that. I pray that we will practice this past a church family. And we will look back to the people that have had a hand in growing us to the place that we are right now. Some of us have been invited to come to church. And we've heard about a relationship we can have with you. Man, it's a blessing to have a friend that loves us that much. God, it's a blessing to know that you love us that much and right now invite us to become a part of your family. The next few minutes, Father, as we sing this song, your Holy Spirit has been working and speaking to our heart silently and quietly. We have that free will choice right now to say yes to you or to say, I'm going to wait a little while longer. I pray our answer will be yes. Father, whatever you want us to do that will be a blessing to you this morning to take our next step of our walk with you, I pray that we'll do it for the honor and the glory of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in His name. All of God's people said, Amen. Stand together. Joe and our praise man going to go ahead and share a song. If God is speaking to you about a decision that needs to be made, I'll be here at our altar. As they they sing together, and as you sing, as God moves, you come.